All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Driver, and this is Bull Bear Radio. It's episode number 80, and man, do we got some stuff to talk about today. 80. Number 80. Woo. Uh, number number 80. Closing in on 100. Dude. The century hap- mark. Uh, you know what? You know what? I'm not so sure that you uh, are are the best, uh, you know, co-host, host, and, and expert here. I'm going to impeach you. Okay. Okay. Uh, who in the audience out there uh, wants to impeach Don Schreiber here? You know, uh, anybody out there? Anybody out there? No, but that is the that's the uh, the word of the day. Um, so uh, impeachment. Yeah. So impeachment uh, proceedings have uh, begun uh, against uh, the, the president here and uh, really hasn't. You know, it, it, the market's down a little bit, but it's been resilient relative to the gravity of that news right so uh market's been uh, up and a little bit down there's been some volatility but it's not like we are down you know five six seven nine eight nine ten percent or something like that since the news broke earlier this week right mm-hmm. right so i i was kidding on the don schreiber impeachment thing you can impeach me if you don't like me as the host too so right i mean it, it works uh, both ways here i think uh i've already heard enough about impeachment i don't need to hear anymore okay fine then all right so what do you think about this do you think this is bad for the markets do you think uh it impacts markets you know we can see that too soon to tell we can see that the markets aren't liking it today we got a little uh impeachment indigestion and uh you know, well, it's because the whistleblower guy's doing his thing on Capitol Hill this morning. Yeah, you know about you know. the conversation with Ukraine. Um, you know, one thing that's been challenging, and and this has been playing out the last couple of days, despite impeachment. Right, there was some trade war news. They canceled a farm tour. Then, you know, Mnuchin says, "Well, we told him to it's cancel off. it. It's, it's on. It's off. Right. It's, on. It's, it's not the fault. It's not China's fault. It's our fault. We it's told good. Him not it's to bad. Come. Right. And then." You know, uh, China's been buying more ag goods and meat and stuff like that. So that's been a positive sign. Things are progressing. Hey, we got a trade seem. deal this morning inked with uh, Japan. Right. Shinzo Abe and President Trump got out there, you know, got some ink on a piece of paper. Man, you know, yeah, like USMCA. Good that's might, a good might thing. actually get through Congress, right? Yeah. Nope. Um, so, well, I heard, who cares, I heard, I heard who cares that, about the economy, you know, right? with with with, uh, you know, the House, uh, you know, uh, moving uh, towards impeachment with six different committees going to open separate investigations. Mm-hmm. Now, six different committees. Are yep. you kidding me? Yep. Oh my goodness. You know, we're back to, uh, you know, the Mueller investigation. This, this is insane. You know, I really wish that politicians would do the job of legislating and stop fighting well, with tra- each other they're, they're on who's to going to get here. elected in 2020. They're, they're trying to legislate here through, uh, you know, uh, craziness um, on both sides. So 
Anyway, uh, looks like no USMCA. The Japan trade deal won't matter in China either. So maybe Gunlock's right that uh, there's a 75% chance of recession before the next election because politicians are just going to, you know, uh, you know, totally uh, drive the country into recession. See, poop on the economy and the American worker. They're supposed to I be, thought they were supposed to have the American people's interest in mind. They're supposed to. Oh, I guess not. Okay, so let's move on. All right. How about this one? Okay. I got another uh, big headline for you, right? Whole uh, thing's disgusting. Go ahead. Big tech, right? Facing uh, antitrust suits left and right. Yes. This seems to be very bad for uh, NASDAQ and the technology sno- stocks of lately. I mean, values had a little pickup over the last month or so. Uh, relative to uh, growth stocks. Yep. Uh, we detailed that on number 79. Yeah, Pretty you know, differential. Va- va- value is good one day and then growth is back and then value is good another day. Do you, you think know, part of this, Smiths though, look good some days, large cap. It's just the way the market's you, going. Yeah, so it's you got to know what you own. And f- do you think fundamentals, my point here, kind of long-winded approach, do you think fundamentals start to matter more instead of, tweets and federal monetary policy well you know there's so much craziness going on uh, in terms of the political overhang that investors definitely could choose to ignore a lot of that uh, and just start you know, to trade kinda, on fundamentals and again. just start trading on fundamentals and you know things uh, are, are still holding up there we had a good report on housing uh, what's going on with housing man Dude, I mean, I was shocked. I'm doing my morning reading, and uh, if you don't know it, right, one reason why Don and I can pull this show off, we think we have some uh, interesting tidbits each week, right? Uh, Obviously, we have to do a whole show, and we have to talk for, you know, 20 minutes or so, but we try and provide you with some really good stuff. Anyway, housing, morning reading, and I look at housing a lot, as we've discussed over time here. She is a um, leading indicator, and, typically. And it's looked pretty bad as of late. Yeah. But new housing sales, right, new home sales, uh, increased dramatically month over month and year over year. 17%. In August, 7% month over month over July. I mean, that's a big increase month over month. And it had been sliding for several months. And then year over year is an 18% increase over last August. Do you think this is a function of interest rates being so you dang know, low I, at you the know, moment? The, I think the surprising thing is we saw interest rates really, uh, you know, go low uh, last month. Ten-year uh, Treasury uh, yield was down at one five, one four at the low, and uh, you had the thirty-year uh, Treasury at you know one nine, and, yeah. and so. You know, we're back up on the 30-year Treasury this morning at about 2.1, um, 2.2. Um, but, yeah. you know, that those the, the Treasury curve influences, uh, you know, mortgage rates. And mortgage rates have come down, you know. Right. I think the it's national, still- the national uh, average is around 3.6 for a 30-year uh, conventional uh, mortgage. That, that was the low, um, you know, in the last 52 weeks. Through last week, 3.84%, uh, okay. percent, right? The week prior, though, was 397 So like you said, we, we've had fluctuations here. The 15-year, by the way, fixed uh, you know rate mortgage, 3.3%, a low over the last 52 weeks of 3.14%. So uh, like you said, uh, these lows came weeks ago. And do you think this got some people off the sidelines? I do. You know, that's obviously what the new home sales statistics show. 
that the lower interest rates that you know the Fed is uh, you know pushing on with uh, some um, monetary policy adjustment rate reductions looks good. You know, it's yeah. it's working. I mean, it's it's and and housing's leading indicator. It looks like those rate cuts are going to stimulate the economy a little bit. That's right. A good and thing. the average prices were slightly below jumbo. Jumbo is four eighty four. Uh, 350 384 384,350 uh is is the jumbo plus that's at 4.3%. So wow. that's that's relatively low for a jumbo uh given the context of the last 10 years almost even after the financial crisis. That's still a pretty low rate. Now what we need to do is get housing prices to be rising instead of falling. We'll really Well that be, that was we'll the one back, thing. Housing know. prices year on year I believe were slightly down on average. So not only did you have a, a kind of a buyer's market here, but you also had, uh, you know, really favorable mortgage rates. Do you think this helps the the negative trending home sales, both new and existing home sales over the next couple of months, maybe in the fall here more so? Or do you think people are still worried about the global political uh, malaise and are worried about, you know, uh, some of that before making these you know, purchases? I, th- I, th- I think, uh, you know, folks are worried. We uh had a uh, new report out from Wilmington Trust who uh, surveyed, you know, high net worth and uh, investors. You know, those folks. Well, with- well, it wasn't Wilmington Trust. It was. Uh, let me let me get the exact uh, person right. But Wilmington Trust was saying uh, that they're they're coming out with a whole bunch of new product to address this primary concern. It was the investor confidence survey. Investor Confidence Survey. Okay, thanks, Matt. Yeah. Anyway, Investor Confidence Survey said those folks with under $500,000 invested, about 65% of those folks are uh, really concerned about a recession, market declines, and, you know, are looking to get more risk adverse. Um, And 75 or so percent of the folks with more than 500,000 invested um, feel the same way. They want to mm-hmm. get more risk adverse. They're concerned about what's coming. Yep. And, um, you know, that, we've been talking about that for a long time. And, you know, the, the uh, certainly all of this political harangue that we have is uh, causing, you know, even more pressure in the system uh, could cause more fallout uh, than, you know, just trade and all kinds of this other stuff that we got going on. So check this out, right? Based on, uh, and and to go back to a little bit of what we were discussing earlier, right? This geopolitical malaise. Markets on, on Monday, but especially into Tuesday, as the Chinese trade war and, you know, the cancellation of that farm tour on Friday were all kind of reconciled, right? Mm-hmm. It looked like there was some movement, and markets were up through midday on Tuesday, 1.1% before House Democrats um, spoiled uh, that party. Uh, we were almost at new record highs, and... Now we've had quite a bit of volatility, you know, um, since then, but we've also had a lot of volatility in recent months, too. Um, Stocks had been on one of the longest streaks without outsized moves before Tuesday's decline. But now, you know, the the, uh, one percent move is kind of coming back. So I yep. mean, is is that a sign of uh, well, trouble know, to come potentially? I I you know we're not this, even in earnings season yet. Yeah, this market's kind of crazy, and um, I I I got to tell you, you know, if 
I know the Fed has done um, a really significant um, job and, and made a lot of effort to make sure that the markets don't correct and consumers keep spending. You know, the U.S. consumer, we talked about it last week, is, uh, you know, just a fantastic engine of uh, spending power and helping the growth of the economy. So you wouldn't want to see the, the, you know, the markets really crack here. They certainly have the potential to do so. So uh, today, you know, we're at uh, on Thursday, just before noon, um, markets down around 50 basis points, half of 1%. And uh, NASDAQ, the growthier side of this deal is down about 1%. So, you know, uh, so far, um, this stuff matters. I mean, mm-hmm. um, oh, I thought I was a whistleblower for a second. Oh, um, that's funny. Hey, I, I want to hit on, um, you know, uh, the Chinese trade war for a second here. You know, Nike just reported the other day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they they had a huge beat. Um, uh, sales at Nike jumped 7% in the latest quarter. I, this is a precursor to what could happen in the earnings season, boosted by large sales gains in China. This is crazy. They had been a little challenged in China. Now, now they have great sales in China. China sales revenue climbed 22% in China. With the trade war. With the trade war. Now the, the so things thing, things don't seem to be as dire there as uh, not at least and, for Nike. And by the way, only twenty five percent of their apparel and shoes are actually manufactured in China now. Do some of the analysts have this wrong in terms of how big an impact China has in regards to supply chain for some of these companies, and an impact on potential corporate results where the market and and consumer discretionary stocks, you know, had gotten pretty pretty murdered earlier this year due to the trade war right now they're one of the consumer discretionary is one of the best performing sectors this year because he uh in the s&p because uh the you know consumer's been resilient Mm -hmm. but doesn't mean there hasn't been carnage in the you know department store sector and 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 clothing and 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 such because of the impact it was perceived that trade war would have on on margins and on revenue and uh, earnings. You think people got it wrong a little bit here? It seems like Nike's telling us something a little bit different than what it was expected. They were supposed to have one of the worst impacts in corporate America. Yeah. On the bottom line. You know, I mean, if Nike came through fairly unscathed, it looks actually positive. Uh, China looks positive for them. I'm not sure. I think that, you know, Maybe the story is a little bit better than we think. By the way, they only in North America grew by 4%. Grew by uh, 22% in China, 4% in North America. Well, they got more people in China. So, you know, Nike stuff will get popular. Their international and digital businesses grew 16%. Their international business, right? And their digital business grew 42%. The digital business grew 42%? Holy cow, dude. You know, I, and they're not even a big player in that space. I mean, they got the wearables with the watches and stuff like that. But You know, wow. we, we, we've had uh, you know uh, trade policy adjustments here now for probably close to a good year. And, um, you know, GDP, uh, third print this, you know, this morning uh, was unchanged at 2% for the second quarter. Uh, typically, second quarter estimate, you know, second quarter's uh, not one of your high quarters for the year. Uh, prior quarter was 3.1. So, you know, we're above two for the year. Uh, most no economists kidding. that we see are in the two, 
to 2.3 range. Um, that's, that's pretty You know, good. if we can get up, get, get you know, closer back to that three uh, range and, you know, some of these uh, statistics that we see on the economic side look like we might be able to actually start to firm. Um, I, you know, I'm hopeful that uh, we're not going into recession. We're actually have a uh, firming economy and, yeah. you know, that would be good for, Markets, especially in the face of all this political turmoil. Well, so check this out. I but mean, you know, there's been political turmoil, turmoil since uh, you know Trump got elected. So. Yeah, you, you know what? You make a really good point here, and I hadn't looked at it in a couple of days. But um, you know, I just looked at the Atlanta Fed GDP now forecast, and, and it's actually got some really interesting data here, which we'll hit right after the break. Our experts love going on air to provide wealth-building insights to market participants like you. Did you know you can subscribe to Bull Bear Radio where you listen to podcasts? Grab your Apple or Google device and subscribe today. And we're back. So, uh, you know, always please check us out on uh, social media. WBI President, WBI CEO for Don Schreiber, Bull Bear Radio on Twitter. Uh, you can check us out. We're all over LinkedIn, Matt Schreiber, Don Schreiber, so on and so forth. Check out the company, WBI Investments. We have a lot of cool stuff to offer people, in our opinion. And uh, so that's the, uh, the the two-second WBI commercial here. So, you know, uh Anyway, thanks for listening and pass on the uh, the good word. Um, so GDP now forecast, right, is supposed to give you kind of an indication of where GDP is going based on the flow of all these different economic uh, inputs. Right. So GDP now, which we talked about probably a few weeks ago on the show, um, you know, it fluctuates here and there. I mean, it had gone down earlier this year. Uh, it w- wasn't looking too good late last year into early this year, so on and so forth. I mean, it dipped down last year in the summertime to close to zero. And it popped right back up to about 3% and then declined below 1% to kind of end last year and start this year. Well, now it's been on a really nice consistent climb for the most part, on a trend this year where we thought we might have an economic slowdown due to the trade war, so on and so forth. Companies had not been spending. Some of the economic inputs were incredibly weak, as we were detailing earlier this year, right? But things seem to have firmed up. Would you agree, Don? Yeah. And, you know, we am, said, I, am I nuts? No, I think so. And and I, I think I that, mean, there's some wonky stuff going out there, which we'll get to in a second, but the, not the in key depth. Is, the key is, right, so... Uh, this additional political uncertainty uh, that we have this week due to the impeachment uh, uh, proceedings, proceedings, uh, you know, make it t- more difficult even for, you know, corporations in the boardroom to, uh, you know, get Deploy back resources, get, get back on that uh, capital spending um, uh, gravy train that the economy needs. You know, we talked about it last week. It's about 17% of the economy. It's a thing that's missing to take us to that 3-plus percent GDP growth. Um, you know, consumers doing their job. We need the uh, businesses to start spending. And uh, they're not going to spend with tremendous uncertainty. And the overhang of a potential recession, you know, you don't want to spend on the way into a recession. Right. So, you want to hunker down. Yeah. You want to, you know, conserve your capital, so forth and so on. So, you know, uh, we need to get some of this stuff out of the way. I mean, this is ridiculous, but because um, the economy could really be growing, it seems because it, it could be because a lot of this technology seems to like Nike, right? 
is growing. They're not really known as a technology company, but they do have technology. They're participating in that move through, you know, wearables and and maybe services, I would assume, uh, are starting to come online there. I'm not an expert, but, you know, you saw this a lot with Apple. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple has been, oh, hardware. Right. And if the hardware is not compelling, Apple's doomed. Well, dude, they have uh, taken the hardware, integrated all of the hardware, computers, iPads, phones, wearables. Uh, they all seamlessly talk to one another now. Right. And the services that they're starting to push through these things are incredible. Their service business is incredible. It grows very, very fast. It's becoming a large part of the company. Um, it was, you know, a, like a gnat um, in terms of its uh, percentage of revenue, but I believe it's in the, you know, uh, low 20% range and it's going to climb and climb and climb. It's, it's the big deal out there. Uh, as long as, you know, there's a lot of uh, Apple product users and that continues to grow even marginally, this 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 company is unstoppable. And well, what I'm trying to and what I'm trying to say here, why I bring up the names, is not because we're trying to say, hey, buy or sell this one. It's it's a general theme here that I think, you know, maybe analysts and market participants are missing. They're counting out, right? They're looking for the big hits with the Beyond Meats and some of these IPOs, the Ubers and the disruptors. Oh man, right? the, the IPO story. You know, they talk about the IPO window. Everybody wants to get. Uh, their IPOs launched when it's a favorable time to do so. And there's this big appetite for risk, right? right? Well, it seems to me that based on what's happened over the last couple of months with the IPOs, uh, with really bad pricing power, once they come out, they're not only not hitting their target price uh, like Peloton today, but they're uh, also trading below some months after launch, like Uber, um, you know, Smile, uh, Lyft, you know, they're trading below their IPO prices. So, th- you know, I think that the IPO window for, you know, these uh, unicorns that are uh, really great businesses with absolutely no profit and they can't tell you when there's going to be profit. I mean, WeWorks was a company like that. They had to pull their IPO because they were being treated so uh, harshly in terms of valuation. You know, I th- I think that that uh, opportunity is closed. That's shit that's, has sailed. Typically, and what I'm that's, to say that's the is, end of a market you know, cycle. Like we said uh, at the beginning of the show, you know, uh, yeah, maybe this is towards the end of a market cycle. So fundamentals start to matter here, especially with the geopolitical overhang, uh, other signals like the F- the Federal Reserve Bank of New York uh, Federal Reserve has had to step in and provide liquidity in the repo market. It's a kind of yeah, a deep, some dark, fun- gnarly thing, and nobody really has a handle on it. I'm not sure. There's some funky stuff going some on. Some funky in, stuff in, in, going on in terms on. of the repo market and liquidity. the The U.S. is now uh, committing about 160 billion dollars a day in the repo market uh, to make sure that there's a- the Fed is. Uh, treasury, U.S. Or, treasury, and, and that's what to you make can sure string together ad- by liquidity. by news stories out there at the moment. There's some conflicting information. Uh, there's a lot of news alerts on it, but when you try to see like what actually is going on and try and get drilled down into it, it's a little bit difficult to get some transparency there. So, little positive movement on the Brexit side. You know, Boris Johnson, they they uh, you know uh, Supreme Court kind of slowed. His role a little bit uh, in terms of a hard Brexit because you you have uh, you know 
he suspended Parliament. Um, got the, you know discussed it with the Queen. The Queen authorized it, uh, but they're saying that that's uh, illegal. And you know, I think that Parliament comes back, and we get uh, hopefully a movement towards a situation where it's not a hard Brexit. By the way, interestingly enough, right? You said he discussed it with the Queen. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks the Queen has no power, and I'm a historian, so I love this. The Queen actually does have more power. Look it up. It's constitutional monarchy, people. It's a kind of an interesting read how their political system works. If, if, you, if, if you're she didn't have any uh, power, Boris wouldn't have had to go and ask her. Exactly. <laughs> it's pretty cool, right? Everybody thinks that you know the royal family is like they—they're just there to wave. Actually, not not so not so fast, my friends, as Lee Corso would say, right? So hey, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna finish up today. Speaking of Lee Corso, right? Prediction, not market, so we can't get in trouble here. Okay. Now, my Gamecocks are struggling this year. Yes. Right? They're playing Kentucky I at home, and, and it's a 7.30 night game at the Willie B. Okay. You take Kentucky? Oh, man, I'm going to take Gamecocks. the Gamecocks. I'm going to take the Gamecocks all the way. And so I really think- pray that I'm right. This week, we need a, we need a comeback story. All right. So, uh, Tennessee Volunteers, you know. You, you think they can they can they can have a little positive trend, or you, you think they're they're in trouble here this season? I think they're 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 also struggling. We'll have to see how they come together. They had some really good play against Florida. You know, they didn't end up uh, victorious, but they did play pretty strong. So we're a few weeks into this college football season, right? There's some cool cool things going on, not so cool things, and a couple of teams that we followed aren't doing so good this year. But, uh, you know, who's impressed you so far this year in the college football season? I just got to ask, man, because, look, we're talking about Brexit, gloom and doom for markets, volatility. The markets could do better. Markets could do worse. We're talking about technology. We're talking about all this stuff, right? But let's just end on a positive note. Who do you think's looking really good, like the favorite to win the Natty this year? Well, I, un- unfortunately, I <laughs> I think Clemson's still looking pretty strong. Oh, no, 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 no. But I got to tell so you fast. what. Not who, so fast, who my impressed friend. Me, who impressed me most so far this year? Yeah. LSU. Yes, yes. That's what I was going to say. I was saying LSU, LSU man, man. They got an dude. offense with Ed O this you year, what, dude. I'm telling you what. Joe, that's, Joe that, Burrow's that's tossing to it around, dude. And that's you know, a team to watch. You know who looks pretty gnarly? Ohio State, dude. They haven't played anybody yet, but, dude, they look pretty gnarly. No urban this year, but dude, Justin Fields is like dynamic. So it's going to be a fun week. Right. Fun weekend so that's at Bull College Bear Radio. Yeah. Win, we'll, lose, or draw. We'll catch you next week. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. And there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ABV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments Bank.
This episode was recorded as of September 26, 2019.